Blog Talk Radio. Building the nation with the word of the Lord. Teaching the people the love of God. Kingdom. Good evening to everybody that has joined us. I apologize for my tardiness getting started. I ran over a little time working. (laughs) But amen and thank and praise God. We are here. We are ready to begin our very first Sparks James Bible study on Thursday night. Amen, amen, amen. Um, it is very, very, um, a very, very relaxed atmosphere. Please feel free if you're on the phone. If you have a question, you can push one, and it'll signal to me that you do uh, want to speak, and I can bring you into queue. If you're in the chat room, just feel free to type in whatever your question may be or comment, and we will acknowledge it. So we're going to get started first and foremost with prayer, as is my custom to open up with and in everything that I do. Father God, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor just for another day, oh God, just that first and foremost, you have seen us through this day, Father. You have kept us clothed in our right mind, oh God, no matter what we've encountered through the day, no matter what we've gone through, Father God, you have yet been faithful to see us through it, Lord, to stand with us in the midst of it, O God, and we give you the praise, glory, and honor. Now, Father, as we partake in your word, O God, as we share this time uh, with you, basically, we just pray, Lord, that you would come in our midst, that you would enhance us in our ability, O Lord God, to, to learn of you, to take you into our hearts, to take you into our minds, to take you into our spirits, oh God, and just to become even greater acquainted with you. Father God, we are looking forward to a time of intimacy and getting to know you and getting to understand your love. It is so vast and it covers such a multitude of things, and we're so grateful that you do love us. So, Father God, I just pray, Lord, that we will all come into a greater awareness of who you are in our lives and who we are in and through you. Now, Father, I lift up this family as a unit, O Lord God, for truly there are times we are scattered. There are times that we are not together. There are times that there is not just a physical separation but an emotional and mental separation as well. But I decree and declare, Lord, a oneness in us, in you. I decree and declare over this family, Lord God, that you have created us for such a time as this, that you may show yourself mighty in and through our lives. So thank you, Father. Thank you for the eldest, Lord God, to the youngest of this clan. Thank you, Father God, that your word decreed and declared that this whole household shall be saved, that we will all come into the grace and the knowledge of who you are, O Lord God, and that we will all be available to be used of you. So we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor in Jesus' awesome and mighty name. We say it is so. Amen, 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 amen. I don't know what's wrong with my chat room here. It is having some issues, so if you're trying to get into the chat room, just give it a moment. I'm refreshing, and hopefully it will connect. So, anyway, what God had really placed on my heart 
is to start a Bible study for us as a family dealing with his love. It's really focusing in on the love of God because once you begin to understand the love that he has for us and understand what he feels about us, it increases our desire, it increases our um, willingness to avail ourselves to him, to get to know him even the more. It's, I liken it like this. It's like, first and foremost, the word of God says, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. So in other words, God is saying because of his love and his kindness that he shows in our lives, that's how he draws us to him, which is an awesome thing. I mean, I think we've all longed for love in our lives in some point in time in some some kind of way, you know, and to know that the God of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth and everything that dwells therein, has such a special and intimate and a deep love for us that he covers us even in the multitude of our sins. He covers us in our disappointments. He covers us when we disappoint him. He covers us. And I think that's such an awesome thing. I really, really do. In fact, that is how I came to give my life to him. Because in all of my ugliness and wickedness and sin and everything that I was wrapped up in, tied up in, and involved in, before I came to a relationship with him, he had covered me. He made sure that you guys ate. You know, he made sure that we had a dwelling place. You know, he stayed the hand of death on a few occasions in my life. Um, So... In retrospect and thinking about all that he did for me, it caused me to say, you know what, God, I have nothing that I can give to you that can compare with what you've done for me other than me. And that's that's really what led me to to surrender my life to him. So um, we're going to start in the most familiar and famous scripture there is in the word of God, John three sixteen. okay? This is a scripture that everybody knows and everybody sees and hears all the time. We're going to kind of, we're going to look at it, not just that one scripture, but the scripture surrounding it, and just to kind of break it down. Oh, good, chat room is open now. Just to kind of break it down um, and get an even clearer understanding, St. John, the third chapter, the 16th verse. Please get off my computer. That would be helpful. Even Tati is coming to Bible study. Um, the third, third chapter, 16th verse. St. John. St. John. You look like you're, you're a little bit deeper in there. Yeah, there's St. John, there's 1st John, 2nd John, and 3rd John. We're doing the 1st John, the gospel. <laughs> It's right after Matthew, Mark, um, Luke, and then John. Okay, are you? You just, it it was like such a thin area in your Bible left right there. It looked like you went to the last few things of John. The third chapter. 16th verse. No, not First John, St. John. Saint, and it won't say St. John. It'll probably just say John. Yeah, it just says John, right? The third chapter mm-hmm. and the 16th verse. Mm-hmm. 
What's wrong? Oh, get your glasses. <laughs> you got it? Very good, very good. Mark Anthony just started reading it. He got it. He's got it. We're going to help Sabrina get hers. Well, it's after Luke, baby. It's after Luke. Oh, 1306. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. And you know what? There's no shame in that. It's like, you know, you have to to take the time to learn the books. And that's why they have the um, the table of contents in the back, in the front of it, so that you can look it up. Yeah, you see the little number? And and just a little history, trust me, it wasn't originally written like that, (laughs) you know, like with chapters and numbers, but to make it easier to find scripture, they broke it down like that. But this was actually originally a letter, a letter that John wrote. And it was a letter that he wrote um, describing the life of Christ and his perception and different things that he envisioned that happened, excuse me, as he followed him. And as we get more and more into Bible study, I'll I'll explain the roles of of the disciples a little bit more. But John is the one that they call the beloved. They said that John was the closest to Christ. um, There's always going to be a multitude of people that follow you, you know, but they're following you for what they can get basically, and that was the story with Christ. You know, there was a multitude. There were the thousands that followed them. And then there were those that came a little closer, and they they say that that number was about 70 disciples that were closer to him, that hung with him a little bit more than just the crowd. And then there was the inner circle of the 12, the 12 disciples that we always hear about that was around him most of the time. Then there was an even more intimate circle of three. Um, and that was Peter and Matthew and John. And out of those, John was, they say, was the closest. John was the one that was at the cross when Christ died. John was the one that Jesus said to him, behold your mother and mother behold your son, that he gave charge of his mother to John when he was on the cross, when he knew he was dying. So John was the closest to him. And and importance of it and John's perception of Christ is the fact that he decided to become intimate and not in a in a um, perverted way, but an intimacy of friendship, an intimacy of fellowship. You know, like he wanted to know everything there was to know, you know, about God and about Christ. So he pressed in even the more. And through that, he was that one he did not deny him when everything came to to fruition at the at the cross, you know, where everybody else was in hiding. John was like, mm I'm still here. You know, I'm still here. And we we encountered that on life ourselves. You know? You have those that was your homie, you know, those that were just kinda of hanging around because you was cool, you know, and then those that will be with you through thick and thin. You know, those are very, very few. <laughs> you know, those are, are very few. Very, it, it's a pleasure. It, it's like you guys were childhood friends. You know what I'm saying? You, most of the time, we as adults, we don't have many childhood friends that follow us into adulthood. 
you know, there's that breaking. And even though you guys, like, she lived in Florida, you were here, you know, there was that time apart. But when, you know, you guys reunited or whatever, it was like you had never been apart, you know. You know, that's my, my dog or whatever, you know. Um, and that's a blessing to have. That's a blessing to have. But anyway, let's get into the scripture because this is Bible study. Okay. St. John, um, the third chapter. The 16th verse says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I wanted to start there because, as I said, God had placed on my heart to deal with his love. thought of that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Now, think about it. And tonight what I said I wanted to deal with was God as a father and his love as a father. Imagine you're you're a parent. Imagine that you are willing to sacrifice what's the closest thing to you for the betterment of others. Most of us won't do that. You know, I mean, very, very few. Most of us will be, like, hard-pressed to sacrifice for something that, you know, is close. But the thought that out of all the rejection that we give God on a daily basis, and and our rejection is in our disobedience to him, it's in um, our just ignoring what he speaks to our hearts, it's in our, some of us just flat out saying, well, I don't believe in God. I don't believe he exists. I don't really understand that quite, that mentality, just look around you. But, you know, if you really want to believe you evolved from the ape, that's on you. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying the Big Bang Theory that, poof, and there it was, (laughs) okay? Um, There had to be a creator. To, to just look around and the magnificence of just the being, of, of all the animals, of, you know what I'm saying, of everything that's here. That did not all just evolve from one little microism. I'm just not buying that. I'm sorry. But um, and in the uniqueness of what we are. So to think that his love for us, his creation was that great. And then it says that he gave his only begotten son, and this is where people sometimes miss it if you don't really get into the scripture and study, what he did was gave a part of himself. You know, he, it's, it's very difficult a lot of times to fathom and to understand the concept of a triune God, three in one. And a lot of people have a hard time wrapping their brain around that because how can that be? But we ourselves embody that same thing. But let me let me uh, back up a minute. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, okay? The three make one, all right? And it's like our mind, body, and soul. The three parts of us make us who we are. So when you look at it like that, we embody who he is. And it's the same way with him. It's like God the Father, the, if you go to the beginning of John in the first chapter, the very first verse, says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And everything that was created was created with the Word. And what he's speaking of is Christ, Jesus Christ as the Word, Jesus Christ as the Son of God. He was all, he always was. But what he did, he stepped out of heaven, he stepped out of his deity as part of God and came down to earth to dwell as man. So God said, that was my only begotten son. He was part of me. He came from me to come down to sacrifice himself for us. Those of us who 
truly, truly did not deserve it. Half of us did not even want it, did not have the thought to know that we needed it. You know what I'm saying? You just, you aimlessly going through life not recognizing the thought that you need a Savior. You know, but the more you live life, the older you get, the more you recognize and realize, oh, God, I need some help here, <laughs> okay, because I have messed up things so badly, you know, in my life, and, I, and I've gotten to a place where I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to straighten it out. So I need help, you know, and that's when most of us get to that place of calling on God. We get to that place of, Lord, I need some help here. You know, my heart is broke. Um, I've gone through something or I've lost something. Something gets us to that place to say, I need you. I need you. Now, the blessing is is to get to that place sooner <laughs> rather than later so that you learn that you can depend on him. But he, as a father, his love is so intense for us that even in the midst of our failures and everything that we do wrong, he still covers us. You know, and the beauty is if, like, you go back to the beginning, to Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, to Adam and Eve. And when Adam and Eve sinned, and we're going to study that as we go, as we progress, but when Adam and Eve sinned, it was like, they tried to hide themselves from God. They had always had a face-to-face intimate relationship with God. All of a sudden now they look at themselves and discover they're naked. And so then they try to hide themselves, and they sew fig leaves together to cover themselves. And what it, what it represented was let me try to cover up this sin that I've committed. You know, and God being as gracious as he is when he came down, he already knew what they had done. You know, but it says that he was walking through the garden and called out to Adam, and Adam had hid himself. And Adam told God, he said, well, we hid ourselves because we were naked and ashamed. And God looked at him and said, who told you you were naked? So that was a sign right there that they had eaten from the tree that they weren't supposed to eat from. Like I said, that's another study. But the point that I'm trying to get to is even in their feeble attempt to cover themselves by sewing fig leaves together, that was not a true covering. That was not good enough. God took the skin of animals and made coats for them and covered them himself. So that's what I'm saying, the love of of him as a father that even in our wrongs, he covers us, you know. He's hurt. He's disappointed because we have chosen to be disobedient unto him, but yet still he loves us so much that yet he still covers us. You know, his word says that he smiles on the just and on the unjust. The evil ones wake up in the morning and see the sun shining just like the righteous does. You know, he still yet loves us even in the midst of us not welcoming him in as a parent, as a father, as a God, you know. And the beauty of God as a parent is he is both mother and father. He is both an affirmer and a nurturer. Normally in a family unit, the father affirms. The father gives you um your ability to stand up and say, I am somebody, so to speak. That's his role. A mother is there to nurture you and to love you and to care for you and, you know, and to cover you. You know, the mother usually takes more time with the children than the father does because daddy out working or doing whatever, you know what I'm saying, and mama's there. And even when daddy comes home mad, the mommy's usually there trying to cover it up. And, you know, it's like, whatever you all right or what have you. Most stories you hear when, 
when you have a prodigal child, when you have a child that goes out into the world, gets into drugs, or do whatever, and go away from home, normally it's the mother that's on her face praying. It's the mother that can't wait for her baby to come home. Daddy has the time to be like, Donna wrote him off. I'm done. You know what I'm saying? But that's just the difference in the makeup of a father and a mother. The mother is the nurturer. The father is the affirmer. He's more the disciplinarian. But God is both. So he both takes the time to nurture us, to care for us, as well as to affirm us in who we are. And that's, that's an awesome thing. It's like I lost my father at seven. You lost your father at three or four. You know, we still have a father to say you are a beautiful young lady, to say you are worth something, to say you are somebody. You know what I'm saying? You are precious in my sight. So even though we may not have had the physical father, in the natural, we still have a father that's there to affirm us, to put his hands on us, to bless us, to give us a blessing. You know, that's vitally important, vitally, vitally important. Something else, and, and we're, we're running out of time. This little 30 minutes goes by so fast, and I'm kind of a wordy person. <laughs> but um, something else to keep in mind is that you cannot compare earthly love with godly love. It just doesn't work. And the reason it doesn't work is because earthly love is given by human beings, and we are all imperfect beings. None of us can boast of being perfect. You know, as children, you guys should be able to look to adults and see us as examples. But we miss it sometimes. We're not always the good examples that we need to be. So you can never compare our love with the love of God. God's love is far above anything that we can ever do. Y'all know I love you with my life, literally, okay? But my love does not compare to the love that God has for us, you know? So we have to keep that in mind just in in embracing his love. And as we go far further in these studies, we're going to look at that. We're going to look at the many different facets of, of God's love, his love as a father, his love as being God, you know, as our creator, the care and the time that he placed within creating us. The word says that we have been fearfully and wonderfully made, you know. He took care and made us each individual. You know, to love us enough to to put special talents and gifts in each and every one of us. Every one of us has a gift and a talent, you know, that he's put in us. And a lot of times we don't recognize it. I know for myself, in my early years, I I couldn't, I wasn't a songstress, you know, I couldn't sing, um, could bang out a note, but you know what I'm saying? I wasn't artistically inclined, I couldn't draw. I didn't see myself having any gifts and talents. I really didn't. You know, I felt like I was a cool person and everything, but I didn't feel that anybody, that I had been gifted with anything. What? Why are y'all looking at each other? Oh. Well, and I really felt that way. But as I grew in God, as I came into a greater knowledge of who he was, he pulled out of me what he placed in me. I'd have never thought that I would have written books. Okay, I would have never thought that I would be an orator, that I could speak. I mean, when I was in college and I took communication, I failed my my final exam because it was about getting up in front of people and talking. And I got up there and I was so shook and so scared and so nervous that I couldn't even get the words out of my mouth. 
And that's the truth, true story. But in him, he has allowed me to see who he created me to be, and he's pulled out of me what he placed in me. So we all have it. You know, it's not just thinking of, of the arts kind of gifts and talents. We all have the ability to reach somebody else, to reach somebody in love, to make a difference in somebody's life. We all have specific, unique qualities that he has placed within us when he created us, each and every one of us. There's not one human being on the face of the planet that does not have that ability. Now, should they use the ability or do they use the ability, that's a whole other story. But we've been given the ability because the word says we were created in his image and in his likeness. One of the things that I definitely stand on is that we are not mediocre people. What is she chewing on? (laughs) We are not mediocre people. We are not just average people. Why? Because we were created by an above average God. We were created in excellence. So, therefore, for us to settle for just being so-so or just, barely getting by or just being mediocre, that doesn't work for me, you know, because we were created for greatness. I say that all the time, especially in ministry. We have been created for greatness, and it is up to us to tap into the greatness that God has placed within us. And the only way we're going to tap into it is by getting to know him even more because it is only through seeing ourselves through his eyes that we'll be able to see what he's placed within us. So, Again, we've basically ran out of time like 10 minutes ago. But uh, <laughs> but this is kind of the, some of the type things and the topics and whatever we're going to deal with, okay? Um, I promise to try to be more diligent with my time and not be running late when this starts. But, um, again, like I said, I think that, that there's a distinct, that he dropped this in my spirit to start off with love because that's that's what it's all about. Really, that's what it's all about. If more people would learn to embrace his love and embrace who he created us to be, the world would be such a different place, you know, and I don't believe we would have the wars, the rumors, the wars, the murders, the things that we are faced with. If more people could just recognize, you know, the love of God and embrace that. So we're going to spend quite a bit of time on that subject. Okay. You know what, yeah, because 30 minutes is not going to (laughs) work. We can see that. We can see that right now. So, yeah, we'll expand it to 45 minutes. The reason I was trying to keep it short, first of all, because I know all of us are working really, really diligently until 830, and then um, I'm mindful of the kids because they got school the next day and what have you. But, yeah, 45 minutes is going to work. It'll be better. All right. Any questions? No? All right. And am I going too fast? Are you guys able to follow? You following? Okay. Huh? You got it? <laughs> okay. Let me see if there's any questions going on in here. Nope. Okay. Oh, yep, there is. Hold on. All right. You are unmuted. Hello? Hi. Hi. How come we don't how come we don't hear much about the other disciples? Which ones? All of his disciples or just the 12? The other, no, the other, from the, other, the, the original 70. Yes. You know what? The, the Bible does talk about them, but it, you understand that they weren't on, in the inner circle. And most of the Bible 
um, the New Testament is from the from the perception of those that were close to him. You know, the 70 Correct. were around, but they weren't close to him. They didn't sit and eat with him on a daily basis. The 12 were with him every single day. Right. They were with him all the time. So that's why. But the Bible does speak about the 70. You know, it, they, they, do, they do talk about it. Um, they don't really give you much insight into them other than when he was sending them out. He sent them out two by two, and they, they, it talks about the 70 at that point. But basically, they weren't part of the inner circle. They were around, but they weren't there on a daily basis. It's kind of like the people that go to church on Sunday, <laughs> but they don't they don't deal with anything during the week. You know what I'm saying? They, right. they kind of just right. you know Sunday Christians. Right. Yeah, kind of like that. Okay. Any other Great. questions? Yeah. Oh, good good question. Very good question. Thank you. Okay. I get it from my mother. <laughs> That you do. That you do. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and we're going to close out um, for tonight because I know people still have work to finish. Um, and yeah. kids need to go to bed because Mark Anthony is about out. <laughs> but, um, but is this going to be okay for you guys? Are you comfortable with it? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and, and close out in prayer, and then we can chit-chat afterwards. Father God, we just thank you. We praise you, Lord God, that this first first installment of the Sparks James Bible study is, is a good thing. It's just got a good feel to it. I'm glad to hear my family chiming in from far and near. Um, so it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Father God, just continue to bless us. Continue to open up our understanding of who you are. Continue to be our enlightenment, oh, Lord God, as we go through life. And, Father, I just pray your blessing upon my family right now as the matriarch of this family, oh, Lord God. I pray that you would bless each and every one of us, oh, God, to walk in your grace, your love, and your favor. Father God, recognizing that favor can take us places that money can't even dare to go. So, Father, continue to grace us with your favor, with your mercy, with your loving kindness, and we give you the praise, we give you the glory, we give you honor right now in the precious and matchless name of Jesus the Christ. It is so. Amen. 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 Love you guys. Talk to you later. Love you too. Alrighty.